Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada and occasionally beyond. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from my home in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening, leaving a review on iTunes and wherever else, and sharing the show with your friends. I can't believe it's another Victoria Day already. If you're a longtime listener, you'll know that it's been quite a while, a whole year without much for me. I hope you haven't missed me too much. I've missed you all. The reason I haven't had a podcast come out can be summed up thusly. I moved into a bad house with toxic mold. Long story short, I'm out of there now and recovering. This episode was recorded partly at my new house and mostly at Rocking Chair Studio, where almost all of the other episodes were made. I bring this up because it was an old neighbor from that studio who got in touch with me as a go-between for the guest in this half hour, Porter McKnight of the band Atreyu. She had a feeling I would find it interesting to talk to him, and I thought, why not? It turned out he had so many stories to share that I've included several of them here in a mostly uncut format. He even had another excellent story about a graveyard that will have to be saved for another episode. By the way, if you have any of your own stories about graveyards, premonitions, mystical and spiritual experiences, ghosts, you get the drift, you can email me at supernaturalstoriescanada at gmail.com. That's all one word. There won't be any breaks in the conversation, so I'll just mention again that you can also follow at www.supernaturalstories.ca. Now here's my conversation with Porter. I hope you enjoy, and stay tuned for a new song from Atreyu at the end of the episode. Right before I called you, I listened to the song Warrior, and I got very pumped up because it's a very high-energy song. And uh, one of the lyrics uh, jumped out immediately to me, sometimes I feel I'm haunted, and it keeps me up at night. Yeah. So relevant to what we're going to be talking about, which is supernatural stories, stories of uh, ghosts, paranormal experiences, and other things, which, uh, from what I've been told from uh, my old neighbor, you are very familiar with. Yes, sir. First off, I heard that you'd had an experience while you were on a tour up in Quebec. Maybe you could uh, tell me about that. Legit. Um, I did have something happen in Quebec. We were playing this festival in Quebec City. It's, um, I can't remember the name of it right now. There were It's like 11 days and 11 shows in the city. And we were playing on Saturday with, it was supposed to be with Avenged Sevenfold, but then they couldn't go. And so then it was us and Alexis on Fire, who are awesome. And who I, was I really love. For that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same, same. So it was, uh, it was sad to not be able to play with Avenged, but then, you know, it was great to play with, with uh, Alexis. And so the next day was the World Cup final. And it was France versus Croatia, I believe. And I was about to fly back to Germany because I lived in Germany for two years with my wife. She's, she's German. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be flying on a World Cup final day, a day, a day, first off. But then, like, being in, quote-unquote, French Canada for France in the final, like, that's got to be awesome. Yeah. And Sturgill Simpson, uh, who's one of my favorite musicians and country artists, was playing that night at the, the festival that we played on Saturday. He was playing on Sunday with... Dave Matthews Band. And growing up in Southern Alabama, everybody has to listen to Dave Matthews Band. You don't really have a choice. Um, so I was like, I want to see that. I want to watch the final. Let's do this. So Dan's like, cool, I'll stay with you. So we played on Saturday, and it was amazing. 
Canadians love American bands, I guess, because it was just, honestly, it was such a fantastic show. It was bonkers for all of us how much fun that was. And so Dan and I are walking around the next day and like people, I'm giving you the whole backstory of this. Like people just kept coming up to us and talking to us like way more than normal after a show or around a show time. Mm -hmm. And like everywhere, people were buying us drinks and restaurants, paying for our food. Dan just jokingly called us the kings of Quebec at some point. There were so many people that were so just like, everywhere we went, we were celebrities. We were like, what the f*** is happening right now? Um, I can cuss, right? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, I bleep it anyway, so whatever. iTunes, okay. you know. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds cooler when it's bleeped anyway. Anywho, we go to watch, we, we have a great day there. We go to watch Sergio Simpson, have a great time. People in the crowd just keep buying us more drinks. And then we're watching Dave Matthews' band, and I'm telling Dan, I'm like, look, I don't want to stay for a while. But I just like to see the first couple songs. Like, I listened to them a lot growing up. Like, Carter, Carter Buford, I think, is the drummer. He's like a fantastic drummer. So we're, we're watching the first song, and it's pretty fun. And then the second song starts, and they have this massive LED wall behind. Same one that we had, same stage we played the next door. Mm-hmm. And so on that LED wall, once the second song starts, I'm looking at it, I'm like, what the f***? Wait, what the f- I this? And it, the video was like time-lapse footage of the town that I lived in in Germany. Oh, like, no way. I'm talking town, like town. It's not like... like oh, a I small town, a few hundred people, maybe? Yeah, like, it's not like, not like footage of like Frankfurt or Munich or Los Angeles or some massive city. Like It was this small town called Darmstadt. It's like maybe 100,000 people. And it was all like a time lapse of all of the times that I love going into the city and the city that I was skipping out on uh, to, to fly home to stay there that day. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like weird, mind blown. Also, there was a full moon setting behind the stage. Mm-hmm. There was just this whole like mind blowing experience of like, what the fuck is this alignment of like weird, like right place, right time moment happening here. It was very strange. That really, you know, goes on the idea of synchronicity, because here you have a coincidence, a person who had lived in a small town, who's now playing in a band, and the night before you stay when other people were, you know, wanting to do other things. There's multiple levels to the to the coincidence, and it's very meaningful. You know, it's definitely meaningful. I'm getting goosebumps from it, so... Hmm, really interesting. Yeah, it's not, it's not like the, the most strong, the strongest coincidence or strongest mind-blowing story I've got. But that's just funny that you thought something happened there. I'm like, actually, yeah, something did happen there. It's well, a strange yeah, coincidence. It's really strange, and it hints at something. What? We can't really say, but I mean, that's kind of the spiritual, is that search for a lot of things that we can't really say. We can't really pin them down necessarily and make them uh, easily communicable. But there's something about that that I think people will resonate with, because that is definitely unusual. I think that those kind of, it is, and I think that those kind of moments that happen, if you're aware and if your consciousness and awareness is open to them, they happen all the time. And it's a confirmation of your existence and you being on the quote unquote right track. Yep. It happens whether, whether you're someone that believes in numerology and sees your lucky number everywhere, whether it's, you know, uh, a certain way that your body twitches to, to give you a yes or no, like there's an infinite way that, uh, that you can connect to that um, GPS guidance system. And that is one for me that I was just like, 
cool, I'm supposed to be here. That is weird. Why the f*** is Dave Matthews been at Darmstadt on his thing? It's so bizarre. It's so interesting that you say that. There's two things there. One, you said being on the right track. That's something that I um, tell people all the time that I feel like whether I can get a meaning or not out of something or pull something, it's not necessarily about being able to game reality, but it is nice to know that there's something deeper maybe behind the scenes happening and just getting a glimpse of that. And uh, when you said a little twitch, I actually have, I have my right thumb, which for, you know, more than a decade or so, I have been guided by the spidey feeling in my right thumb. And when I get this weird tingle in my right thumb, something will always go wrong. Like an hour ago, I was getting the tingle. Often it's just a small thing. So I think in this case, it was just technical difficulties on the phone, stuff like that. Tingle's gone. Okay, move on, you know? So I I have the same thing. I, um, in meditation one day, I was just kind of toying around with the uh, connection to higher self, source, whatever you want to call it, whatever label you put on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to start this thing. And I want, whenever I have a question in my mind and whenever I'm going towards something or need an answer, I want my right side of my body to twitch for yes and my left side of my body to twitch for no. Mm-hmm. And I have followed the yes a lot more than the no because I feel like no can sometimes you know like your own you're but you're stopping yourself from doing things okay but I I know you're I know the exact feeling I have that often and it's pushed me to go like outside my comfort zone many times yeah I meditate every day twice a day but I've been meditating since I was 15 years old learned strangely enough in the training during soccer in high school and my sophomore year, we had a coach who was from San Diego, California, uh, wearing tie-dye all the time. And, you know, us in Southern Alabama, like, man, what's this hippie up to? One day, he's like, okay, instead of training today, we're going we're gonna to meditate. And all of us kind of look at each other like, what the mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay, we're in the, we're in the, the weight room. He's like, all right, uh, everybody get a comfortable spot, lay down. So he kind of did us through some basic meditation sort of stuff, just one-on-one things. And then he's like, all right, now I want you guys to picture yourself on the pitch, on the soccer field, and you're in a game, and you're conquering somewhere that you know you have a limited ability in. And so I was a goalkeeper, and mine was diving to my bottom left. Everywhere else, diving great. Like, agility was my thing. But just for some reason, I would be like half an inch too short to to save those balls on my bottom left. Interesting. Um, And so... You know, we do that and everyone laughs. You can hear people snoring and we go home. We're like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And then the next day in practice, I save, save that shot multiple times, multiple times. The next mm-hmm. game, I save the game because of that shot. And I'm like, huh, like, there's something to this. Yeah. And so I didn't take meditation very seriously for many more years after that, at least a decade. I mainly use it as just like a tool to fall asleep at night when I, when I couldn't. But like... For example, uh, I was living up in the hill, uh, in Hollywood, and I would hike every day and find this little hidden spot in a very uh, busy hiking area. And one day I decided, I was single for a few years, and one day I decided during meditation, I'm like, I'm going to place an order to meet my wife. And so I did. I was very specific about what I wanted and who I wanted. And, you know, fast forward... A month later, I'm playing in Europe. I meet this this guy, and I'm trying to have someone like do some photography for us. And uh, I like, hey, do you, would you be able to 
use my camera and, and document us for this show. He's like, sure, could you film a video for this this person, my friend named Julia? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Uh, Brandon, you and you and Joey go do that. So they did that. Fast forward another few months. I'm in Germany. We're playing at a show in Essen, uh, Germany. And we play the show. It's a fantastic show. And I had this weird feeling the whole time, like something special is going to happen. I just thought it was a good show. And, it was. and then afterwards, I go and I'm trying to uh, go out and say thank you to, to fans for supporting us and just try and meet people and uh, show my gratitude that they give a shit about my band, you know? Yep. Um, and all of a sudden, I look to my left and I see my now wife, Julia. Like everything stopped practically was like glowing i'm like i have to talk to this human being mm-hmm. and i didn't know why i didn't know what i've had that feeling a couple times in my life and they've turned out to be my best friends for the last 20 years you know what i mean i'm like yep. but i've never had that about a female so i'm like hey so we talked a little bit because of one thing or another i didn't get to I'm, and, and also i'm not like the kind of guy that just goes out and uh hits on every girl that moves and brings girls back to the bus all the time yeah so i was a coward and I didn't, I didn't get her number or anything. But then uh, a couple of days later, I found a, that she on Instagram, that, like something she tagged. And so in, in, long story short, I married her. And it, every single thing that I ordered in that meditation came true. I brought up that story about meeting the guy in Europe in April, but like before that, because that was her ex-boyfriend that I met who was wanting me to get a video to do a video for her. Mm-hmm. which just adds to even the weirdness of the situation. So meditation has been pretty powerful for me, let's say. Can I throw a twist at you on that story? So, you know, one way of looking at that story is uh, time, uh, you know, being linear and going forward. This was something where you wished for it and it came true, which fine, fair enough. But I read a book recently that was all about um, precognition and dealt with the whole idea of time not being a linear forward progression, but just kind of everything coexisting at the same time. But us seeing... Of course. Our fil- right. So when you have an experience like that, in another sense, it could be that your vision of what the perfect person was, was you tapping into the future and tapping into that person who was going to turn out to be the perfect person. And it's like your higher self or your future, anything, you know, is like you know this is this is what you need to focus on. This is what you need to look for, and and uh, obviously you know that gets that gets kind of confusing, and it's it's just something food for thought. I've been thinking about that whole idea. No, you're of, of you're you're totally right. That could be that could be exactly how it was. It was just kind of planting the seed of being like, this is what you're going to meet. Get ready for it. Mm-hmm. Or this is who you're going to meet. That's uh, I like I like that way of thinking, and I've. I've read books about that sort of way of thinking. It's honestly hard to comprehend because of the way we exist in the Western world of, of time being a linear construct, but I don't necessarily always believe it is. You know? Have you had any other experiences of premonition or precognition at all? Like where is more I concrete? Had, like, like very often, Oh, okay. to be honest. And sometimes <laughs> it's just like kind of letting me know that someone's going to text me or call me that kind of standard thing where like yeah, phone psychic I'll think that. about someone I'm like I'm like why am I thinking about this and then a minute later I get a text or a call like like kind of prepping me that sort of thing uh, on up to I can't think of anything specific at the moment but you need to keep a diary yeah, that has happened that, I know I do I really do do it keep a diary yeah, I, I, I have these happen 
on a like a multi like a weekly or daily basis or whatever so i started keeping a diary of them now going back a couple years that's really smart reading it is weird too because there are so many things in there that are just like you read and you're like really 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 it's it really adds up one thing okay a bit strange but when you've had so many of them it really adds up and becomes very like mystical and compelling So my wife, she sees and hears things. Very recently in the kitchen of my house, um, we live in the house my grandfather built mm-hmm. uh, in 1937 in Alabama. And we vividly in the kitchen, just her and I heard, hi Ruth, like a female voice, which is my grandmother that was not living in that house with me, but like my father's side of the family. And that was like, She's like, did you hear that? Like, she almost didn't want to ask because I usually don't hear it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I did. That was like the most audible and clear, like, high roof. Like, wow. Anything I've heard in that circumstance. And we both just instantly got chills. I moved into a place in 2013 in Los Angeles. And I was moving in with a, with a couple other roommates, but I, I moved in early. And the landlord came by. I was like, hey, yeah, uh, just wanted to check in and whatever. And we started talking, and he's like, you want to play some chess? I'm like, sure, because he saw a chess board that we had set up. So we played chess for a while, and he's like, hey, do you mind if I see your room? Like, I always just get curious how the new tenants are going to set this, their, their, up the new area. Like, it just intrigues me. I'm like, yeah, of course. So we go in, and I have, like, two desks on either side of the room, a bed, and, like, all of the weird shit that I've collected in my travels around the world over the past, you know, however many years. And so... He's looking around. He's like, interesting. I'm like, what? He goes, huh. I'm like, what is it? He goes, I can see every item that you that you love. I'm like, uh, what? What are you talking about? He's like, no, I can tell every item you love. And there was no rhyme or reason to anything that I placed out. I was just literally unpacking. There's yeah. weird stuff everywhere. I'm like, well, prove it. And he goes, okay this thing, this thing, this thing, and that thing, on this desk, he goes to the other one, he's like, that thing, that thing, and that thing. And I'm telling you, there's like 75 things on this desk. And he picked out each of the items that had been on my desk previously that I had like, were my favorite ones. Mm. And he goes, I think that you have some sort of ability to like, cleanse items or charge objects or something like that. I'm Mm. like, what? He's like, yeah, I don't know either. Like, I'm kind of just getting into this world, but I feel like you have some sort of ability to, to cleanse an item. I'm like, okay. okay, interesting. He's like, and this thing over here, I would throw that away. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I can kind of see a timeline on this object. He's like, something happening. I feel like some sort of torture. I'm like, okay. It was like a meat cleaver that I got at a yard sale that I was going to make into a sculpture or something, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, okay. So I put it in the trash can. Next day, my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, hey, can you take this down to the uh, trash with me? She's like, yeah, sure. And so she, like, whatever, for some reason she didn't, she put it in the back of her car uh, to throw away at her house or something. And she was, she's a, a jewelry maker, and she had craft fair on, the, on that weekend. And she normally sells, like, tons. She's very talented. Sells tons and tons of things. That weekend, she didn't sell shit. Until Sunday afternoon, she was, like, getting something out of her car or doing something, and she saw that bag, and was like, oh, my God. She goes and throws that away, and then she sells, like, everything out. Oh, weird. So It is, right? So, that, obviously, that landlord, I'm like, you're an interesting human. 
we become better friends. Turns out he's a psychic medium. That's what he mm. does. Uh, he was developing when we met and when it became more uh, like an actual profession. He was yeah. on the Real Housewives of Orange County and like predicted this one guy was faking cancer and was super famous because of that and got even more famous. And he connected me with this white, white witch lady mm-hmm. um, that lives in Hollywood who's been on all of those ghost adventure shows. She's a wonderful woman. She's been doing white witch stuff for her whole life. She's, she's just, that's what she does. And she's a, like super famous um, psychic medium as well. And so we all were hanging out with this other tenant in the building who was being haunted. I don't know if haunted is the right word, but being visited mm-hmm. by this lady named Boots. Now this was a lady that she had met once. The lady liked her boots, right? The lady passed away. Then out of nowhere, the, the tenant here, the friend of ours, gets emails from an Aboriginal person in Australia saying, hey, this person is contacting you, trying to get me to contact you for, their, her name is Boots. She says this, that, and the other. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, how do you know this? And she's like, yeah, Boots is going to start giving you gifts. So Boots, this Boots person just started giving her gifts, pennies, weird things, putting it everywhere to like a disturbing amount. Gets her to like go up to the coast in uh, California and appears as like um, one of those big like elephant seals. And it's like this whole stuff happens. And we're all like, she's telling us these stories. And we're like, what the hell? Like, this is the wildest thing. She's like, yeah. And sometimes she talks to me through this Bluetooth speaker here. Mm-hmm. And it was a basic Bluetooth speaker. She is not technologically inclined. She knows nothing about it. Just how to connect her phone to it. Right. Yep. So we're sitting there. And then out of nowhere, this boots person starts speaking to us through this Bluetooth speaker. What? And me being highly technologically inclined knows that you can't on this particular device, especially, and when no devices are connected to it, you can't just make these words across appear across the display. And there's like full sentences coming across this display. Huh? Um, there's sounds audibly coming out of it. She's speaking to us. She's playing songs for us. And it was like, we were all sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? So like, that is another one uh, where I've physically seen something happen uh, with my own eyeballs. Wow, that's a really weird, excellent story. I knew that that was actually happening, which is weird. Um, as, as you can tell, I mean, I told maybe one fifteenth of that story just then. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I could talk about this stuff for days. Why don't we end it with one more story? If you've got one more that you would want to share with the listeners that uh, comes to the top of your head. Cause I kind of, I kind of want to tell about the seance with the people that I just introduced and stuff. Okay, great. Um, and then I'll tell one about uh, Scotland and the graveyards there. Yep. With my, my wife and I and technology to, to, to top that off. So I'm meeting with the white witch friend. I'm meeting with my landlord at the time and the boots lady, the, the one that was being spoken to was there and a couple other friends. And so I wanted, I just wanted to do a seance for fun. Um, it's what the, the lady Patty does for a living. And so I was like, would you want to do this with us? So we're not, you know, calling in some bad mm-hmm. here and, and doing this properly. So she's like, sure. And she has this prototype Ouija board slash chalkboard combo. It's like a, one side is a Ouija board on the outside of this case. One side is a Ouija board, one side is a chalkboard. Inside it, you have the um, 
planchette, I think is what it's called. Yes. She had like a custom-made Ouroboros planchette, which Ouroboros is my thing. I've had that for my entire life. I have a tattooed on my body as of a year ago, ago now. So she she opens up the, the the ritual and, you know, with her with her own lovely limerick sayings and her incense and things that she's doing. One of the other people out there has, like, her her uncle, who she knew as a kid in, in Korea, I think, talks to her. And then the boots lady comes in and talks to She draws a, straight up draws a boot on the, uh, using the planchette with a piece of chalk in the middle on the chalkboard side, we drew, like, a perfect boot with three of us holding it, um, which couldn't really be done. Oh. Uh, then at the same time, we drew a perfect flower of life, which, as you know, with that symbol, it's like near it's impossible to draw if you wanted to, yeah. much less when five people are holding a planchette. Um, and then some other, uh, one of the other guys has a story and like it's talking about um, when he overdosed and this, this whole thing. And it was like this really interesting moment. And then at some point, um, two people contact me. One of them is my grandfather who lives, the ha- is the house that I live in. And he wanted to tell me that he's proud of me, loves the path that I'm on, but I need to focus more on my art, that I'm losing focus and I need to spend more time on that. And that also something is buried in the eastern side of the yard. <gasps> and we live on 150 acres of fucking land. I wish I could gotten more specific in that a bit. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I don't know where he means, and I don't know how to find it still. Like, I'm still racking my brain to, like, try and figure out how to find it. I don't, I, I'm debating doing my own Ouija board or calling up my friend again and getting more, because I don't know how to find it, and I'm very curious of what it could be. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Supernatural Stories. The music featured in this episode was by Horse Lords with Outer East, Poddington Bear with Massive Attack, Blue Dot Sessions with Marjorie, Totem de Patrician with Magicwood and Ditch Spiral, and featuring Atreyu with their new song Warrior off their upcoming album Baptize out June 4th. It's featuring Travis Barker of Blink-182 on the drums, so have a listen at the end of the episode. The rest were original tracks. Thanks for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting A Place for the Supernatural in Canada. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google or Facebook if you like the show. I appreciate it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time. Attack me with my